Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCreary, and I am back here today with Thomas Smith. We are going to be talking about the NFL Draft. Now, on a recent episode, I recapped the first round, but today we are going to talk about the entirety of the 2023 NFL Draft. We're going to talk about some teams who we thought did a really good job. We're going to talk about some teams who we thought had underwhelming drafts or maybe some of the worst drafts in the class. Um, And then we're going to talk about some players that were higher on after the draft um, and some player team pairings we love. And then we'll close out the podcast talking about some players um, that were lower on um, and players who we just don't love their fit with the team team, um, that drafted them. So that's what we got on deck for today's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thomas, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm I'm, kind of sad that the draft season's over, but now it's time to jump into 2024 draft season you know the draft is my my favorite sporting event of the year every year and so now it's just on to the next one yeah i mean it was a lot of fun this year covering the draft doing a lot of content about it it was, it was a lot of fun but i'm really excited about, about next year's draft yeah like you said next year's class is really really talented oh, yeah. got a lot of great players in that class so i'm excited looking forward to that um but yeah today's podcast is going to be fun so we're starting out with the best drafts, teams that we thought did a really good job during the draft. Uh, we both have uh, three teams. Um, I think we, we actually have, we both had a team uh, that we wanted to talk about, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about the teams that you thought did a really good job. Yeah, man, to start off, I uh, I didn't really have like these teams necessarily. I, I mean, I have them ranked a little bit, but it's not like a set, like these are my one, two, and three teams. So I'll start out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I thought they had a phenomenal draft. They got some really good value picks. They started off the draft trading up to num- from 17 to 14 to get, hopefully, their franchise tackle in Broderick Jones from Georgia. And then they had the first pick of the second round from a trade that they made with the Chicago Bears during the, the regular season where they traded Chase Claypool to the Bears. And so they had the first pick of the second round, and they were able to get Joey Porter Jr., who I thought they might would have taken at 17. So I thought that was pretty great. The draft was kind of able to fall to them, where they traded up to get their tackle because they needed to, but also Joey Porter Jr. kind of fell in their lap um, in the second round. Then they get like a really good defensive tackle in Keanu Benton to strengthen up their defensive line. And then potentially the steal of the draft – Darnell Washington in the third round. I never thought that would have happened. Obviously, probably medically related. I think I saw something about like his knees. Um, but if he pans out, that's could be the steal of the draft. I mean, that's a great pick in the third round. And then to wrap it up, uh, Nick Herbig, he's like a he's a versatile linebacker from Wisconsin. I, I think he's a nice piece to their defense. I don't know how much of an impact he makes year one, but if they can kind of find a role for him, I think he can be a really nice contributor for them as well. Yeah. I loved their draft. There's a team that I wanted to also talk about today. Um, there were talk, there was talk or rumors heading into the draft that they wanted to trade up a lot, like trade yeah. into the top 10 for a tackle. But they were able to stick at 17, trade up to 14 with the Patriots to get Broderick Jones, which I liked. Now, I was a bit lower on Broderick Jones heading into the draft, but still, Broderick Jones was really high on the consensus board. He's a great run, run blocker, oh, athletic. Yeah. And still, at the end of the day, he's one of the top four tackles. Yeah. So, like, and you traded up, got a premium position, like, I, I overall I think it was a good move by them. They knew what they had to do to secure a tackle and their O line's in shambles. So like 
anything they can get helps. Yeah, and the fact that they drafted like a premium position early is great. And that's how I look at drafts. Like when I'm determining who had a good draft, I look at how teams like did teams prioritize premium positions early. Did they reach on guys? Because I, I like it when teams don't reach on guys yeah. and prioritize premium positions early. And the Steelers did that. And like Joey Porter Jr., great pick in the second round. Um, and, and they got a lot of talented players. Even Corey Trice Jr. in the seventh round was a good pick. Oh, yeah. That's um, and nice. that, and that, that was like he fell. I don't, I'm not really but sure he probably why. Has, I think some injury he concerns. I think well. I heard that as well. Which also, I mean, it, to play devil's advocate, it could come back to bite them because they, yes, they had some players fall to them, but also there's obviously a reason why these players were falling. Exactly. But I still, I mean, in the in the third round for Darnell Washington, yeah. great value, and especially Corey Trice in the seventh round mm-hmm. is phenomenal value. Yeah, and him. I think Darnell, what tie, I think he was like the eighth or ninth tight end selected, like, something like that. It was yeah. unreal. Like I was losing my mind as every tight end went ahead of him. Yeah, but I love that pick. All right, who else you got? All right, so up next, I want to talk about everybody's darling of the draft. It seems like every year they're the darling of the draft. Howie Roseman does such a good job. I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Now, a lot of the stuff they did was great, but I don't necessarily think it's like moves that they made. It's more just like players just kept falling to them. Now, I do like the the move they made with the Bears to trade up to nine because I'm sure the Bears – maybe had other teams trying to trade up or the bears might've just been like, Hey, we're going to take him if you don't trade up. Um, so they moved up to nine to get Jalen Carter, potentially the best player in the draft at number nine. And then all the way at 31, a guy who I thought had the potential to be a top 10 pick. And I thought at least he was a top 20 pick, but he falls all the way to 31 and they get Nolan Smith, the outside linebacker out of Georgia Similar mold to Sean Reddick. He's been comp to him a lot. So I think he's got somebody he can learn from, kind of try to improve his pass rushing. He's a great run defender, but the pass rush, I think, was a there was a little bit lacking there in, in his college film, at least. Um, and then in the third round, able to grab Tyler Steen from Alabama, who I think is going to be plug and play at right guard for them. Um, and then get a super athletic safety in Sidney Brown in the third round as well. Um, and this is kind of a weaker safety class, and I thought he was mm-hmm. one of the better prospects at the safety position. Get him in the third round. And then one of my steals for them was Keely Ringo in the fourth round. What a fall for Keely Ringo. Because, I mean, like earlier in the process, people were talking about him as potentially a first-round prospect. Mm-hmm. you know. And even going into draft day, I think everybody thought he was probably – you know, at least a mid-second rounder. Yeah. There was one point, I believe, and this was months ago. This was, like, really early in the draft process. Right. Where he was, like, a top-ten player. Like, I think going into the college football season. Oh, yeah. He was seen as, like, a top-ten player in the class. Um, and I'm not quite sure why he fell so much. Yeah. Um, I know I know people had questions about his film, but he's still, like, a big cornerback with elite speed, oh, yeah. especially elite for his size. Yes. Um, like, I love this pick. Yeah. But go, then, go ahead. Yeah, they were still, even in the sixth round, they were able to get somebody who I think is going to end up being a very solid backup quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. Tanner McKee. He has a lot of upside. I think the sixth round is ideal for him. Yeah. Um, and then also getting a very, very nice addition in Moro Ojomo. I know he's one of your guys. You you liked him a lot. He's yeah. a, like he's a three 
three tech defensive tackle from Texas. Yeah, um, a little undersized, a little yeah. skinny, I should say. Like he's like very, uh, got a skinny frame, um, not super thick, but was super productive his final year. Played five seasons at Texas, okay, and still came out as a nineteen year old. Like, wow. or no, not nineteen. Maybe he was like twenty or something. Like it was crazy. Um, like he was he was really young um, for like how many seasons he played um at texas maybe he was 22 like i think he came in as like a 17 year old okay so he, he would have come so, into college like really young yeah like he came into college really young um and was still able to come out fairly early um but yeah i like that and i loved what the eagles did in this draft i think i think their draft maybe getting a, a tad bit overrated because they got really all they did was have players fall to them it right. wasn't like like and that was kind of my thing too is like I don't necessarily think they like finessed anybody. Yeah, yeah. But they did have a lot of players just kind of fall to them, which is really nice. Yeah, and then um, the trade up for Jalen Carter, they only gave up a fourth, but still there is a little bit of risk involved in that because of the off off the field issues. Um, But he's a a really, really good player, like probably the best player in the class. And if he works out, like. He's going to be awesome. The Nolan Smith pick was amazing. I, I had heard that he was potentially going to be picked by them at number 10 if they stayed at 10 and Jalen yeah. Carter went before them. I love that pick. Cindy Brown, one of my guys, loved him before the draft. And I thought that was a nice pick for them at 66. But yeah, I love everything that the Eagles did. And then also they traded for DeAndre Swift Yeah. Um, on day two of the and draft. And they only gave up, what, a seventh rounder? So they, they swapped uh, seventh rounders with the Lions okay. and then gave up a fourth rounder next year okay, okay. to get Swift. That makes more sense. Which is great. And, and there was talk that the Eagles may take Bijan Robinson yeah. in the top ten. And instead, they use a fourth round pick and a, and swap swapping seventh rounders to get a guy like Swift who's super talented if he oh, can yeah. stay healthy. Like, that, what they did was awesome. Like, Howie Roseman is probably the best GM in the league. Yeah. And he continues to prove that. Oh, yeah. He did an awesome job. It was great. Do you want to move into one of yours? Like, you want to move into two of yours, and then we can kind of talk about this last team? Because I know we have one team that we are both kind of, like, in agreement on had a great draft. We yeah. We can kind of talk about that at the Yeah, we can. A- absolutely. That sounds good. So, I'll, I will start off with a team I – I thought just absolutely killed it at every turn in this draft, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Um, the Colts had a lot of picks, and they tr- and they uh, started off with Anthony Richardson at number four. Great pick. Got their franchise quarterback. Love that pick. We're both super high on Anthony Richardson, and I think this is like one of the perfect spots for him. I wanted him to go to either the Colts, the Seahawks, or the Lions. I thought those were like the best spots for him to develop because he is more raw at this stage in his development than guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And he's going to need more, like he he requires more development than those guys. And I think this is a great spot for him to develop, improve on his accuracy, um, and just improve as a passer. I love this this pick for the Colts. Thought it was a home run. And then in the second round, they got Julius Brantz, corner from Kansas State, which was a good pick. A really good athlete. Um, I like that pick. Then in the third round, they got Josh Downs, re- receiver from North Carolina. Really good player. Um, and I think that he is going to help Anthony Richardson in his development. Yeah. I love that pick. It gives him a really nice receiving core. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. It, it improves the receiving core. Then in the fourth round, they got Blake Freeland, tackle from BYU, freak athlete, and yet another good BYU tackle. Um, BYU is just turning out talented tackles year after year. Uh, I like the Blake Freeland pick. 
Then um, another fourth-round pick, they took Adetimiwa Adabaware, defensive tackle from Northwestern, um, freak athlete, tore up the combine. Um, I like him a lot, and I think he's really good value in the fourth round. Um, and they had a lot more picks. I'm not going to go through all of them, but a few names that they took later in the draft. They took Darius Rush, corner from South Carolina in the fifth round, which was a lot lower than people were expecting him to go. They also got uh, Daniel Scott, safety from Cal- from California, uh, Will Mallory, tight end from Miami, and then Evan Hull, running back from Northwestern. I'm really high on Evan Hull. Um, even though he's a fifth rounder, I think he could be a good running back in the NFL because he's big, <clears throat> a good athlete, um, and he was extremely productive as a receiver. So if Jonathan Taylor like gets hurt at some point, um, I think Evan Hull can step in and be productive. Um, but yeah, I love what the Colts did. They targeted premium positions early, and they pr- and they prioritized good football players who are great athletes. I love what they did. I thought you know every pick they made was a slam dunk. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they had a great draft. Anthony Richardson at four was probably the best decision they made of the night. I was so nervous that they were going to take Will Levis at yeah. four. Yeah, and like Anthony Richardson to me was just so much is a so much better like prospect man my english is struggling there yeah he is much he is a much better prospect (laughs) than will levis um i just i love that pick there at four i think he truly has the highest ceiling out of any quarterback in this class um and i think shane steichen's offense is going to be a great offense for him to to learn the ropes in i i don't think he's really going to have to sit i think he's probably going to start his rookie year so also potentially some fantasy upside there. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Julius Brent in the second round, great pick as well. Super athletic corner. Josh Downs, I think, really has a chance to probably win that starting slot spot. Oh, yeah. Like as a rookie. And I think he can eat. I'd be I'd be mad if he didn't yeah. start. Like I'd be like, oh, I'd be like frustrated. Yeah, but, like yeah. him and Michael Pittman are gonna be kind of nasty. I don't know who their other outside Alec receiver Pierce. is. Oh, I forgot they had yeah, Alec from Pierce. Cincinnati yeah. last year. Yeah, and he was like decent. Yeah, as he a was rookie. pretty solid as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, and then also taking not necessarily. I mean, kind of a gamble, but like at that point, it's in the fourth round with two like super freak athletes with Blake Freeland and Adetemio Adabore. I thought Adabore was probably gonna go second round mm. uh, and falls yeah. to the fourth round, and I think that's probably about accurate for him i mean it may be a little lower than he should have gone in like a kind of a weak class but in the fourth round i have no problem whatsoever taking a flyer on him undersized interior defensive lineman but super freak athlete yeah in the second round i was like ooh, i don't know about that but like by the time the fourth round came around like came around i was like dude what are we doing like, yeah like this is a freak athlete like um i think Absolutely. i think he went lower because he's a bit of a tweener like he's really small oh yeah um, so, but yeah, like great player. I love the draft. I'm in love with it. I yeah. think it's an awesome draft. Yeah, it's great. All right. So my second team I wanted to talk about, um, and there were, after like all the teams that we, that we've mentioned, there weren't a lot of teams who I thought had great drafts, but yeah. one team who I thought did really well with the picks they had available to them was the Cleveland Browns. So the Cle- the Browns did not pick until the third round. Um, I think a big reason why is because of the Deshaun Watson trade. Um, I think I think they gave up a lot of picks yeah, in that a, trade, yeah. um, which is part of the reason why they didn't pick until the third round. Uh, but they got got it started um, in the third round with Cedric Tillman, receiver from Tennessee, big body, physical receiver. Um, I, I wasn't in love with him as everybody else was, but still, like I think he he's gonna have a role in this offense. I think he's gonna be a great red zone threat, 
and he is a really good run blocker, um, and I think he will be useful in that role. Um, so he he's going to be good in, in a specific role. I'm just not sure that that specific role was that valuable, but I, I like him in the third round. Um, and then with their second third round pick, they took Siaki Ika, defensive tackle from Baylor. Um, big, I think he's a nose tackle. Yeah, I mean, he, he's massive. He's almost 340 pounds, yeah. six foot three. And he had a lot of fans pre-draft. A lot yeah. of people really liked him. He had a really disappointing like last season in college. Mm-hmm. And so I think that hurt his stock a little bit. I, I think it was just a lot of questions about like his effort, like how how he goes from play to play, like if he can just keep that like, you know, game record energy that he shows on some plays, then on other plays he just gets pancaked. Yeah. Um, so I think him in the third round is a really good value, especially for a guy who has a lot of upside. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then in the fourth round, they had two fourth-round picks. With their first fourth-round pick, they took DeWan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State, which I love. Probably the biggest player in the draft. No, oh, yeah. Right? He, like, yeah. Huge six foot, tackle. Six foot eight, almost 380 pounds. Yeah. Massive. Like, ridiculously big. I think he fell due to medicals. Probably. Um, and, and maybe, if not medicals, it's probably just like he's really big. And yeah. guys who are that big... They, they tend to have, like, mobility issues. Oh, yeah, but why not take a flyer on it? But, yeah, like, round? in the fourth round, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I, there was one point where I thought he might go in the first. Yeah. Like, he might slide into the I first. I thought there was a chance he was going to go potentially, like, Buffalo or, like, a, a team, like, a sneaky, like, tackle-needy team, like Buffalo or, like, Jacksonville. Um, but he did not. Yeah, so if he fell due to medical concerns, I, I get that. But I, I really liked him. Um, there were some people who were really high on him. Um, I liked him a lot. I think he's a good pass protector with, like, really good technique. Um, and then uh, with their second fourth-round pick, they took Isaiah McGuire, defensive end from Missouri, which I thought w- was a solid pick. Then in the fifth round, they took Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback from UCLA, who I love. I'm a big fan of his. I think he will be an awesome backup quarterback in the NFL. And if he ever has to start, I think he he has the ability to do so because he's an accurate passer. He's athletic, um, has solid physical tools. Like his arm strength is solid, not elite or anything, but it's okay. But he's also a great runner. He doesn't take sacks. Like I think he is going to be like the perfect backup quarterback in today's NFL. Love that pick. Um, then with their second fifth round pick, they took Cameron Mitchell, corner from Northwestern, and they ended ended their draft in the sixth round by taking Luke Whipler. Is it Wh- Whipler? Yeah, Whipler. Luke Whipler, center from Ohio State, which was a great value at pick one ninety. Oh yeah, and like, he has a potential to be. I mean, a starter for them this year on the O line. Yeah, like and he was that's a top. Yeah, round. he was a top 100 player on the consensus big board. Like, and obviously, you know, he probably fell or, sorry, for sixth round. He probably fell for a reason. Right. But considering his like pre-draft ranking, you know, there's there's a lot of potential there. So I love what they did. They didn't have, um, they didn't really have any any high pick. They didn't have a first or a second round pick. And I still thought they got a lot of talent. And I thought they did a good job with the picks they did have. Oh, yeah. I think they did the best that they could have done with what they had. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's great. Okay, let's let's shift into a team that I think we both love their draft. Yeah. To me, this team had my favorite draft. And not necessarily exclusively because of the players they took, but also what they were able to do. Uh, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so they started out having the third pick in the draft. They had the third pick in the first round. Um, and they traded back with the Houston Texans and got a haul. Like, 
they got a first round pick from the Texans next year that is likely I mean, as like the odds are right now, it's likely a top five pick next year. And Arizona also is probably gonna be a bad team. So I think what I saw with like the lines for the betting lines for um like everybody's like win loss total. Right, as of right now, the Cardinals um, would have the number one and number two pick in the draft, like according to the betting odds. Yeah, which is pretty insane for the way that they had to move. So they moved down from three to twelve, and then were able to trade back into the top ten to number six and get their franchise tackle and Paris Johnson Jr., who they were probably going to take at number three anyway. Yeah, if they couldn't trade out. Um, so I love what they were able to do there. Then in the second round, they get BJ Ojolari, who's one of my favorite edge rushers in this class, especially in the second round. I think he's going to be phenomenal for them. Kind of can take over like where that hole that Chandler Jones left them. Um, then they get Garrett Williams in the third round, a corner from Syracuse who probably would have gone a lot higher if he hadn't gotten injured. Uh, he had a lot of good tape. I, I think that's a really good value pick for them. Then they got Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford, big-bodied wide receiver who didn't get to play a lot, but when he did play, had some very solid tape. Um, I think, I mean, if he had gotten to play more college football, he was just out a lot due to injuries. He probably could have been a higher pick. But, I mean, if D-Hop gets traded, even if D-Hop doesn't get traded, that helps with their wide receiver depth. Um, and then some other picks that I like for them, Clayton Toon in the fifth round, now that's one of my only uh, my beef with them a little bit was that they did take Clayton Tune over Dorian Thompson Robinson, who we talked about mm-hmm. with the Browns just a, a moment ago. I thought DTR would have been the perfect like backup for Kyler Murray, and he probably would have played this year because Kyler Murray's I don't think going to be able to play until the end of the season, if not, yeah, you know, miss the whole season. Um, so I, I would have liked for them to go DTR there, but they still get a very solid backup quarterback in Clayton Toon. Uh, and then Owen Popo in the fifth round from Auburn, super athletic linebacker, a little undersized. Um, but, I mean, why not take a flyer on him in the fifth round? So it's not even necessarily that they got a haul of just phenomenal players. They did get a lot of really good players who are going to have an impact early, but it's that they're probably going to have two top five picks next year. From the move that they made, I thought they won the draft just with that alone. Their GM deserves, like, all the praise in the world for yeah. that trade, going back from 3 to 12. Um, so I wrote an article for withthefirstpick.com about, like, the three biggest winners of the first round, and I talked about the Arizona Cardinals um, and the trade they made with the Houston Texans. And I actually, in that article, calculated, like, the point values of each pick that was involved in the trade. And so if we assume... That the um, that the Texans picks um, next year are like top two picks. If we assume that their first rounder is the second pick, which they're projected to have, um, and the third rounder is like the second pick of the third round, um, the total value of all of all the Texans picks in this trade was four thousand six hundred forty five, and the total value of the of the picks that the of the Cardinals picks involved in the trade was two thousand two hundred two hundred eighty four. So all the picks that the Texans gave up. And, and all the, t- the total value is worth way more than the number one overall pick. And in terms of surplus value, like the amount of value or the amount of draft capital that the Cardinals got above what you would expect for the third <laughs> overall pick, um, it's equal to the third overall pick. Okay. Like, and that's what they gave up to begin with. 
Sure. So they just got a thir- like the third overall pick in surplus value in this trade. That's unreal. Like that's yeah. insane. That's a great trade. That's what that's what teams should do. Like that's what you know draft day trades are supposed to look like when you trade back. Um, and obviously they traded up to six to get Paris Johnson, but they only gave up a second rounder. Yeah. Which isn't terrible. And I know I know some some people are some people who are like heavily into analytics are gonna hate the trade up. But they traded up for for Paris Johnson Jr., a guy who plays tackle. It's a premium yeah, position. And and I I like the player. And it wasn't a, a huge reach on the consensus big board, so I'm fine with it. They got their guy who were they who they were likely tar- targeting at three. Um, but the trade back is awesome and there's a legitimate shot that they get the number one and number two picks in next year's draft. Honestly, it's probably more likely that they don't, but like there's a chance that happens and there's a chance that they can get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like that's unreal. And then they had a good draft. Like the players they took in this year's draft were great. Um, they got a lot of talent. Got Paris Johnson Jr., B.J. Ojolari, freakish um, edge rusher in terms of athleticism and bend. Um, I like the Clayton Toon pick. Um, I don't disagree that DTR probably would have been a better pick, but Clayton Toon is also a great athlete. Like he had a 9.8 RES score, um, and he was super productive as a runner the last two years at Houston. Um, so I like him as a backup. Um, I love the Garrett Williams pick in the third round. A lot of people loved Michael Wilson, the, the receiver from Stanford. I thought they had a great draft, but what, what really makes this draft great for me, or in my opinion, is the trade, uh, the trade back from 3 to 12. That trade is legitimately potentially going to change the future of their franchise. Like, oh, yeah. That trade is awesome. Absolutely. All right, so now we can go ahead and do, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, no, no. no. I was, I was going to say, let's go ahead and get into these, uh, these underwhelming drafts. Yeah, so you can go ahead and get started. Yeah, absolutely. So this one pains me a little bit because it is my favorite team, but one of my most underwhelming drafts, and this could also just be from my fandom a little bit, was the Green Bay Packers. I like a lot of the picks that they made, but I thought they overdrafted a lot of these guys. These are some guys that I like, but I thought they overdrafted them. So Lucas Van Ness at 13, it's a okay pick. It's a very Packers pick. They love big athletic like edge rushers. They want their edge rushers to be like 260 plus. The and he'll probably play outside linebacker opposite Rashawn Gary. Um I I don't hate the pick. It's not a super sexy pick if you will. Um, and so it, this is not even necessarily that I think they did a bad job in the draft. I just think it was underwhelming. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, fine pick at number one. Then you go to the second round and they selected Luke Musgrave, the tight end from Oregon state, who I, I did think they overdrafted him. The 11th pick in the second round. Uh, He just didn't really play a lot of college ball, super athletic tight end. I mean, if you look, History will tell you that super athletic tight ends, even if they don't have a lot of production, a lot of times work out. We'll see. Uh, Then in the second round, again, with their second pick of the second round, kind of made a little bit of a head scratcher here. They took Jaden Reed, the wide receiver from Michigan State, um, which (sighs) that was probably my least favorite pick that they made. There were a lot of other receivers on the board. That I liked a lot better. Yeah. Um. I think Marvin Mims was still on the board. I would have preferred him. 
Tank Dell, even though he's small, would have preferred him. Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt were both on the board and Josh Downs. So to me, like there was a lot of receivers that I would have had ahead of Jaden Reed. I think Jaden Reed's still a solid player and he has a chance to contribute year one, but so would any of these other guys. And so I just don't love that pick there. Also, not necessarily a Packers pick. He's not like a super big guy. Uh, he's 5'11", 187. A sub-200 pound receiver is not something the Packers tend to go with. Yeah. Um, but then I thought this was probably my favorite pick that they made. In the third round, they took Tucker Craft. So they doubled up on tight ends, taking Luke Musgrave in the second round and then taking Tucker Craft in the third round. I would have been happy with Tucker Craft in the second round because I had him above Luke Musgrave. Um, and so I thought that was a good value pick there. They get Auburn defensive tackle Colby Wooden, who I didn't really know a lot about, but according to consensus, overdrafted in the fourth round. Uh, and then big head scratcher here, Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford in the fifth round. I had a suspicion that we were going to take him because we did have him on a top 30 visit. Just did not expect that we were going to use a fifth round pick on Sean Clifford. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people thought he was like, maybe not even going to get drafted like a UDFA priority UDFA. Um, so I, I, that one hurts a little bit. That one stings. Don't understand that. The rest of the picks, you know, once you get to the sixth round, it's kind of like, okay, whatever you're taking flyers on guys. There were a few picks that I like. I'm not just going to trash them the whole time. I will say I like the Carl Brooks pick in the sixth round, productive defensive end from Bowling Green didn't necessarily test super well, but you got to hope that maybe it'll pan out. And in the sixth round, it's, it is what it is. And then also Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety from Iowa State in the seventh round. Uh, I think that was way lower than the consensus had him. And, I, I mean, he has a chance to contribute year one with Adrian Amos not on the team anymore. Yeah. I thought, like, I didn't, like, absolutely hate y'all's draft, but I was very underwhelmed by it. Yeah. I like the Lucas Van Ness pick. I thought that was solid. Yeah, Luke Musgrave in the, like, 42 I hated. Like, yeah, it hurts. Just didn't didn't it love hurts. that pick. I get some of the love that he got. Like he he is a great athlete, but um, obviously, like I didn't like him being picked over Darnell Washington. Obviously, like that might be because of medicals. Um, I loved the Tucker Craft pick in the third round. Thought that was great, good yeah. value. Jaden Reed was a weird pick because he's he's like sub one hundred and ninety pounds which is not the, the kind of receiver that the Packers usually target. And that's my thing. If we were going to go under what we usually target, why go not take JSN. Josh Downs? Or take JSN in the first round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, take the best slot receiver in the draft. Yeah, or, like, even if you're not going to take a receiver in the first round, which they typically don't, but you're okay with taking a, a sub-200-pound receiver, why not look at a Josh Downs? Look yeah. at a, you know... And even if you're wanting a bigger guy, you could have taken a Cedric Tillman. Jalen Hyatt is lighter, but he is at least a little taller. I mean, I thought there was a lot more valuable receivers that you could have taken over um, over Jaden Reed. Yeah, and then Sean Clifford at, at pick 149 is just like kind of... Yeah, it's, it's bad. He, hey, we did get your guy Anders Carlson, though. Yeah, okay, I'll get to that in a second. So, <laughs> so Sean Clifford was 423rd on the <laughs> big oh, board. Oh, gosh, dude. And y'all took him top 150. What are y'all doing? 
It hurts. Just take DPR. Like, I, and I'm not sure if he was available. Like, I don't I, think he was at oh, that was point. Oh, was he not? Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought that pick was hilarious. Some of y'all's later round picks were kind of good. Like Carl Brooks, I like that. Yeah, I like That's that That's really in good in the round. sixth round. Dontavion Wicks is kind of interesting in the fifth round. Anders Carlson kind of had like the worst finish to his college career. He kind of just like. had a really weird college career. I think you're betting a lot on like... Like he's I got mean, a great. He's leg. got a massive leg. I just think the accuracy is something I would worry yeah, oh, about. Yeah, like he, he like was he's pretty a very inaccurate kicker. So drafting an inconsistent kicker is like I don't know what it you're makes doing. me wonder if they're going to cut Mason Crosby or if they're just going to roll two kickers. Yeah, because they're going to have to cut one of them. I yeah. would assume. Yeah, and I like some of their seventh round picks, like Carrington Valentine's interesting. Yeah. Grant Dubose is a Anthony solid. Johnson. Yeah, and then Grant Dubose. Yeah. Like in the later rounds, I was like, ooh, okay, I kind of like this yeah, class. Some value but like, there, but, but like early, there were reaches everywhere. The Sean Clifford pick is awful, and I say this, and Sean Clifford is going to be like a great player, but like <laughs> my luck. <laughs> yeah, Colby Wood's kind of interesting. He was super productive in college. Um, yeah, I didn't know a lot about him. I, and I, I think and that's I'm pretty still sure that he he had good athletic testing, so he's okay. interesting. Yeah, like generally not like a Oh, he's terrible, a very small defensive tackle. Generally not a terrible you know sure. draft. I was just disappointed. Just under, yeah, and especially as a fan, yeah. I think that's probably why it was top top three for me in like disappointing yeah. drafts. All right. Do you want to move to one of your uh your disappointments? Yeah, let's go um Washington Commanders. Let's okay. let's save my, my Falcons rant. <laughs> <laughs> for a minute. Um, I already ranted on, on about the Falcons first round pick um, on the podcast. So let's go ahead and get to, to the commanders. So the commanders, they had a weird draft. So in the first round, they had the 16th pick. Um, all the tackles were off the board. So I thought that like it was pretty, um, like I, w- I was fairly confident they were going to go with like a corner potentially at pick 16, since, like, the top four tackles were yeah. off the board already. And I was like, dude, they can get Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr. I don't care who it is. Take one of those Literally guys. Literally only one corner had been taken. Yeah, and they went with Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, who is a good player. I like the player. <laughs> I love the player. It's just And, like, so in the first insane. round, I don't think I, – I don't even think Forbes is a bad pick in the first round. But you took him over Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr. Don't love it. I think that was bad. And then in the second round, they got Jortavius Martin, corner from Illinois, um, which is like, okay, whatever. And then third round, they got Ricky Stromberg, center from Arkansas. In the fourth, they took Braden Daniels, guard from Utah. So they didn't take a single tackle in the first four rounds. Um... And, like, they took K.J. Henry Edge from Clemson in the fifth. Chris Rodriguez, running back from, from Kentucky in the sixth round, which could be interesting. Then Andre I don't Jones. understand that big very much. Yeah, and then Andre, jo- Andre Jones Jr., Edge from Louisiana in the seventh Chris round. Chris Rodriguez is such, like, a, a bruise. Like, I feel like he's a very similar mold to, like, um, Brian, Robinson. Brian Robinson. Yeah. So. It's just a weird draft. Like, I didn't, like, I like that they prioritized corner because their cornerback room was yeah, really bad. You better pray. That he's going to be like this ball hawking guy. Because if not, he's going to get beat up. Dude is 166 pounds. Hopefully he can put on some weight. But he better, I mean, you got to bank on him being the same player that he was in college. Where he's just this ball hawking corner. Yeah, I just like, didn't love the the Emmanuel Forge pick. I would have preferred them go with a guy like... Um, like Christian Gonzalez, I thought would have been a home run pick for them. To me, and then Jartavius Martin was a little bit of a reach on the consensus board. Yeah. 
I just didn't, I didn't like their draft that much. To me, Jartavius Martin might have been their best pick. Just, uh, I mean, I've seen some love for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I, they didn't get a single tackle. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> don't love it. Yeah, just don't love the draft. Don't so, love sorry, it. Commanders fans. Sorry. All right, so I will move to one of my um, disappointments of the draft, and that was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I just, I really thought that they could have gone with like a Michael Mayer at, let's see, they were at 26 and they traded down, right? Um, let me look. Uh, no, I think they stayed because the uh, Bills traded up ahead of them to get Dalton Kincaid. Okay. So they were at 26. Okay. Yeah. They, they were at 26. They the picked time. 26 and I think they probably were going to take Dalton Kincaid if he was there, I which I think would have been a great pick because then the Bills moved. Yeah. From 27 to 25 with the trading with the Jags to take Dalton Kincaid over the Cowboys. And so then the Cowboys decided with their first pick that they were going to take Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan, super athletic, big, like strong defensive tackle. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I was not a fan of that pick. Yeah. I, I didn't really think this interior defensive line class was super strong. I thought it had a little bit of, I thought it had some depth to it, but it wasn't like really top heavy. Yeah. Um, Jalen Carter was, you know, easily the best defensive uh, yeah. tackle in this class. And then it was probably Kalijah Kansi. And then you have like a Mozzie Smith, Brian Brissy conversation. I don't know. I just thought Mozzie Smith was probably like a fringe, like, Second round play, he probably should have been taken in the second round. I I didn't hate the pick. Like I get why people like Mozzie Smith. It's definitely not a sexy pick. No, it's um, but they really didn't have like a ton of needs on that team. Really, like if you looked at their depth chart, like if you if you did any kind of like if you used any kind of mock draft simulator before the yeah. draft and you were picking for the Cowboys, like it was kind of hard to pick at twenty six. Yeah, I thought Mayer would have been. Oh yeah, I would. I would. I would have liked Mayer. The pick there. Yeah, because um, he can block and and catch. Like he's yeah. great at both. I would have picked him, um, but I don't think Mozzie Smith is the reason why it's a bad draft. No, I think, I, I agree I think it's you. like after. I after it the is first after round. it. I just wanted to touch on like <laughs> yeah, Mozzie yeah, yeah. Smith was not my favorite. Well, pick. everyone's been crapping on Mozzie Smith, yeah. and like he is a, a freak athlete who at the nose tackle position. Like he can probably be a good nose tackle. It's just like, do you want to take nose tackle in the top thirty? Yeah, probably not. Like I don't know. Also. Melon Smith was probably BPA. Oh gosh, yeah, like the uh, yeah, and and I, like for, him and I, I forget that like I forget so that with every stupid. late first round pick, they they didn't take Nolan yeah. Smith. So yeah, that they. And when that. I say him and uh, Michael Parsons would be so stupid, I mean that in a very good way. It yeah. would be just crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyways, after that, they went with uh, Luke Schoenmacher, the tight end from Michigan. <sighs> Not a fan of that pick either because there were still. Um, let's see who was still on the board when they selected him. So they took him over Dar- Darnell Washington, obviously. Um, took him also over Tucker Kraft. Kraft. Um, there were just some guys that definitely should have. And they didn't go with him over Michael Mayer. Mayer, Mayer and Laporte were already off the board. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah they, okay. So like there were uh the there were just the tight ends that I would have taken over him were definitely like Darnell Washington. Yeah. And Tucker Craft. So I thought that was a interesting pick there. Maybe they should have just not gone with tight end in round two. Maybe not. Or just go with like corner or something like that. Yeah. There was maybe an offensive lineman. Yeah. 
And then they took. Um, they took Darmavion Overshone in the third round. Okay, yeah, Darmavion Overshone, not the worst pick. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's a fine pick there. I'm um, not gonna lie, I don't know like anybody that they took in the fourth, fifth, or, or sixth yeah, round. Viliami like I, I don't, like Fihoko, I never saw them. Prior to the uh, a draft. defensive end from San Jose State. Don't really know much about him. Um, I like the Deuce Vaughn pick okay in the sixth round. Yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. He's a talented player. He's just really small. Yeah, he's like super like small. outlier small. Like he's like my size, which yeah. is like wild. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't love their draft. It was disappointing. Yeah, it was underwhelming. Like they didn't prioritize a premium position until the fifth round. Yeah. Well, really the fourth round, because they took the uh, defensive end from San San Jose State. Uh, but like their first three picks were not premium positions, and they could have had a premium position guy, you know, Smith at twenty six. And didn't take him, so. Yeah. But there's probably a reason. Like, there's a reason why Nolan Smith fell to 31. Um, but we don't know why yet. Yeah. All right, so, want me to go? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, gosh, I gotta talk about the Falcons. All right, so. <laughs> so, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, in the first round with the eighth pick, took Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas. I've already talked about why I hate this pick. I just wouldn't prioritize running back in the first round. And I know how good B. John Robinson is. He's a historic, a historically good running back prospect. He's awesome. Um, and a big reason why I don't like our class is because I just have a philosophical difference um, or disagreement with the Falcons. The yeah. Falcons want to be super run heavy. For what the Falcons want to do, they did a good job at drafting for that. I get the I just think that it was dumb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get the vision. I just disagree with that vision, and I think that vision is bad. I think that vision is bad for a team who's not a contender. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that, like, if we're going to run the ball a lot now, like, we're probably going to win more games as a result of it. Sure. But, like, I don't care about winning the division and getting to the playoffs. I want to do more than that. Yeah, I just don't know how much, like, Bijan is a phenomenal player, and he was a top three player in this class. Likely, I, I just I don't under, I don't think that that really gives you like long term future yeah. help because like after that first contract, you're probably not wanting to pay him. And it's funny because I've been he- I've been pretty critical of Desmond Ritter, and I've talked a lot about how I don't think he's the guy moving forward, and I don't think that we should let him keep us from taking a big swing at a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or trading up for a guy yeah. in this year's class. And I'm like, like I I don't want to run the ball more. I want him to throw the ball as much as he can. Like I want yeah. us to have a pass heavy offense. I want Desmond Ritter to start as many games as humanly possible. I wanted him to start the entire season last year. Yeah, you need to, and to it, see what you got. And it seems like I'm more pro Ritter than the team is because the team obviously doesn't trust him enough to handle like a heavy load of pass attempts because right. they're going to take the ball out of his hands and they're going to be a run heavy team. Um, which I don't like. Like we like, there's been so many studies done about like how running is way less efficient than passing. Um, but we're gonna be a run heavy team, and Bijan does does make our rushing attack like deadly. Like the combination of him, our elite run blocking offensive line, um, um, Algier, Tyler Algier, like our run game is gonna be nasty. But oh, then yeah. in the second round, we traded up. We traded a fourth and a fifth round pick. 
um, to trade up in the second round and get Matthew Bergeron, tackle from Syracuse. He's going to play guard for us. He'll probably play left guard, I would assume. Yeah, and it's just a reach on the consensus board, and we traded up for a guard. Like, I, that's a bad process. In I hate theory, it. it makes sense for what you're trying to do. I just think, yeah, it wasn't. I just think the process is bad. No. I, like Again, I, I see the vision. I just hate the vision. In the third round, we got Zach Harrison, edge rusher from Ohio State. like the pick. think it's fine. I think that's good. We finally got an edge rusher. We finally got a premium position. I like the pick. Then in the fourth round, we took Clark Phillips, the third from Utah, uh, corner. I, I like Clark Phillips, and I think the fourth round is like a good spot for him. Um, he, I think he starts a nickel for you. He is a slot one. corner, and he's also really small and unathletic. Yeah. I, so that worries me a little bit. The tape is solid. The tape's good. Yeah, the like the tape's really good. good. So I, I think the pick's fine. Um, and I, think I, I he don't really care about our starts. Yeah, he could. All this year. He could very well. Um, and I don't really care about our seventh round picks. We took DeMarco Helum, safety from Alabama, and Javon Gwynn, guard from South Carolina. Um, yeah, like we are obviously prioritizing the run game, um, and that shows with our first two picks. And I just hate that. And and I hate who we took Bijan over. We took him over Christian Gonzalez, Nolan Smith, J- uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who who are all are better, um, are better value picks than Bijan yeah, in my opinion. Much more premium positions. Yeah, they play premium positions. They're all great players. I just didn't love the process there. And I hated trading up for Matthew Bergeron. Like, I get taking an offensive lineman in the second round, but to trade up for Matthew Bergeron, it's a bad process. Like, I would have rather us traded that fourth and fifth round pick to the Lions for DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. Even for a one-year rental. I don't care. Like, just, it's just bad process what we're doing. And it's not, like, I want us to get to a point where where we are a serious contender in the NFC and I think the way, the direction we're heading in is not going to allow for that. We're going to be able to win games, but I think our ceiling is limited. Um, and I think a year from now, we're just going to have to fire Arthur Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get into... Yeah, I think, I'll, I'll stop my rant so you can <laughs> talk I, about... I think objectively, <laughs> oh, Yeah, I'm looking at the team, yeah, it's bad. ...in the entire league. Like, I think... Pretty easily the worst draft. And that is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, it's so bad. So just to sum it up <laughs> in like one sentence, they took a kicker with their second pick. Yeah. yeah. In the third round, it's not even like their second pick was in like the sixth round. I'm just baffled by this. I don't care how good Jake Moody is. Yeah. A kicker in the third round is wild. It's um, crazy that the 49ers are like one of the best teams in the league, objectively. Like their roster is stacked. Kyle Shanahan's just a wizard. And they're just drafting like this. Yeah. How how do they get away with this? Yeah. Jair Brown was their first pick in the third round. Um I don't have a pick. It's not it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, good pick. Fine. Solid pick. After that, it just went down the drain. <laughs> oh, because man. did they trade up? No. They that was just their pick. They took Jake Moody in the third round, the kicker yeah, from it was Michigan. A comp pick. Good kicker, terrible pick. Yeah, terrible. Why man. are you taking a kicker in the third round? It doesn't make sense. I understand Robbie Gould's like 40, but take a kicker late. Or I just I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, Cameron Latu, the tight end from Alabama in the third round, was a reach, big reach. He's t- 
tight end three for them. Cool. Your third pick in the draft was your third string tight end. Happy for you. Um, and then after that is just a lot of no-name guys. Not necessarily no-name guys. That's unfair to them. But Robert Beal, the defensive end from Georgia, probably a reach there too. Um, he's like kind of a – he's probably more outside linebacker. I don't know why it has enlisted the defensive end. Um, and then like – Another notable pick, I guess, Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver from Michigan, who I thought had a solid, um, you know, draft process coming out. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that might be one of my more fa- like favorite picks of theirs. Yeah, um, was Ronnie Bell in the seventh round? I think he's a super underrated wide receiver. Uh, had a pretty good Senior Bowl. Very solid receiver. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I, I just don't know that he makes an impact. I just I didn't understand that draft. I don't really understand what they were trying to do. Yeah, me neither. And it's funny, like you like compare them with the Browns. Like the both teams didn't have a pick until the third round, and I yeah. thought the Browns did a much better job. Yeah, absolutely. with their limited draft capital, just taking a kicker in the third round doesn't make sense. Jake Moody, great player, cool, um, but kickers is a volatile position. Um, there aren't a lot of kickers who are like like consistently playing at, a, at an elite level year in and year out outside of like Justin Tucker. So like taking a kicker in the third round is bad value. Um, and there were some reaches here, like Cameron Latou at 101, a reach. And like with all these players, like we're critical of the picks. It's not, a, it's not personal. It's just football. Um, like it's just bad value here. Darrell Luter Jr. Corner from South Alabama in the fifth round, solid value. I just thought the picks in the third round were like, disastrous outside of Jai a year brown like he was a good pick but jake moody and cameron latou didn't love it and taking a kicker in the third round is just like malpractice yeah it's that's pretty pretty rough it's bad all right so i had two teams i wanted to talk about okay um, one the detroit lions okay and we can run through it quickly yeah absolutely so their draft i love the players like the players they got like love Every single one of them. Yes. The issue is in the first round. So in the first round, they had the sixth pick, traded back to 12, and then took Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. It's a reach of about like 20-ish spots on the consensus book board, and it's the running back. And you already had DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. And if you get rid of Swift, fine. Like, they probably hate him because I don't know if you've seen the video of their war room after they took Jameer Gibbs. They were freaking losing their minds yeah. when they got him. Like, they loved Jameer Gibbs, and the reaction to that, like, their reaction after picking Gibbs makes me believe that they hated DeAndre yeah, Smith. Yeah, I think they obviously just had, like, I think it was probably just time for both sides to have yeah. a clean start, yeah. which, fine. I, I think the regime that's there is not the regime that drafted Swift, mm-hmm. whatever. He's also been not super healthy. I think they're probably just wanting to get, like, a fresh start. A very similar player to Swift, sort of. Yeah. I think Gibbs is probably a little more explosive. Yeah. The issue with Gibbs is he's not a bell cow running back. Sure. If you're going to take a running Which back really high. I Yes, I, I completely agree with you. I think in their thought process, like David Montgomery is going to be their bell cow, and then it's going to be Jameer Gibbs. But then why yeah, that's are the you taking like, your – you know, situational running back with the 12th pick <laughs> of the draft. That, like, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have, like, a committee of running backs and you want Gibbs to be, your like, more of your receiving back, you want to play him in the slot, that's cool. Well, the 12th pick is rich for that. And if you want him to be more of a slot receiver and play in the slot a lot, 
take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Who who we know is an elite slot receiver. Exactly. Like, I, I just don't get the process. I love <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a stud. Oh, yeah. Great no, player. He's, he's great. I like him more in the second round. Like, I, or the end of the first. I remember, but, like, like just bad. watching him play in high school. I was like, oh, my gosh. Who yeah. is this dude? Like, this little running back that's just, like, tearing up. Because it was Cartersville High School versus Dalton, which is where Jameer Gibbs went. And, like, a, it was like a scrimmage game before the season, and Jameer Gibbs just was tearing Cartersville apart. And Cartersville was like a good football team. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? And then I was like, oh, he's committed to Georgia Tech. Oh, that's awesome. This guy's going to be great for us. And then he was, and then he transferred. Yeah, yeah. But, and G- Gibbs is like a Christian McCaffrey caliber receiver. Like his production as a yeah. receiver in college was nuts. I like the player. Don't love the value, especially – Considering the role he's going to play for Detroit, just doesn't make sense. Yep. And then you consider the fact that they took him over Christian Gonzalez, Nolan Smith, and JSN, who all would have been better picks there. Just didn't love it. And then with the 18th pick, they took Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa, who was like a consensus second-round player. And I love Jack Campbell. I think he is awesome, and I thought he was underrated. Oh, yeah, he is definitely the best linebacker in the class to me. But at 18, it is, yeah, it's high. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, you you took him over Nolan Smith. So, to me, it makes sense for Dan Campbell, because Jack Campbell is just a Dan Campbell kind of player. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they're both good players. Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell are both awesome players. Well, and this is like... There are teams that do this where they just feel like their process and their scouts just know more than the consensus, and they're going to do what they want to do no matter what. The Patriots have done that for years. Uh, obviously, the Lions are kind of do that. And I think they got really good players. It's just like, okay, man, read the room. Like, you might have been able to get him in the second round, which now I saw somebody put it like this. What if they, what if you just switch Brian Branch? up to their first pick at 12, which they got Branch in uh, the second round. And then, like, Jack Campbell – or, like, Jameer Gibbs at 18, Sam, or Jack Campbell in the second round, and then Laporta a little later in the second round. I still round. would have hated it. Really? Like, you had Christian Gonzalez. That's fair. That and Nolan fair. Smith and JSN. That like, is fair. One of those guys should have been your pick at 12, in my, in my opinion. That is fair. That but is then, fair. like, and that's the thing. Like, the players are great. They're both super talented and are likely going to be good. But you did not prioritize premium positions early, and that's yeah. an issue. Like, even if these guys hit, like, is the value that they provide going to be more than Christian Go- Gonzalez if he's, like, if he hits his 75th percentile outcome? Yeah. Don't know. Like I And even at pick 18, they were still in a position to get Nolan Smith, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr. Like, there was so much talent on the board. I just don't get it. Also, like, I don't love the Hinton Hooker pick as much as everybody else. Yeah, and and I'll get to that. I love Salvin Porter in the second round. Like, their second round was great. Oh, I forget. Yeah, we forgot to Their mention. second round was awesome. Oh, I was love the Salvin Porter pick. I don't love Salvin Porter over Michael Mayer. Yeah, I mean, I would have taken Michael it, Mayer. But I don't love it. Sam Laporta is a good pick, though. Brian Branch, like mid-second round. Round yeah, of applause. Clap it up. Round of applause. Great pick. Phenomenal. Freaking love it. That's sick. Sick pick. Um, so I love their second round. Even though they didn't prioritize like a premium position until their fourth pick, Like they did get talent. 
with their first four picks, which is great. Um, I just think they could have gotten immensely more value in the first round. Hendon Hooker in the third round, um, probably like solid value. For oh, it is, it is really good value. I just, I don't know. I thought, I, I just feel like he's never going to be something special. Yeah, I, I think the issue the is... Thing, here's the thing, like, you're not looking for that in the third round. I understand that. It's not like they took him in the first round. If they took him in the first round, I would have been really mad. Yeah. Just, I would have hated this class. Um, third round, it's good value. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into not hating it as much. I don't even hate it. I just don't really get it. Like, I, I'm sure he'll be cheaper than Goff. I guess they can move on from Goff. Yeah. I just would think that maybe they want to make a move like on a, like a legit franchise quarterback at some point. Yeah. It's just, honestly, like right now their team is pretty good, so I don't know when they'll have the chance. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's another issue I have with this class, is, or with their draft class, is that they're a really good team who is trying to become one of the top teams in the NFC. And they had a chance to do that because they had a ton of picks in the first two what rounds. What did the Cardinals give them to move back up to six? A second, a second a rounder. First. Yeah, that's right. A second rounder. And so at least like they traded back to get Jameer Gibbs, but yeah. still, even like even considering that, it's a bad pick. And Hendon Hooker, I think the issue with the Hendon Hooker pick is that there's a possibility that they use him as the replacement for Jared Goff if yeah. they don't keep Jared Goff. And Hendon Hooker just isn't gonna be a franchise quarterback, right. in my opinion. Like he is gonna be at best Jared Jared Goff two point Sure. Maybe that's what they feel like is all they need. It's like, and, but, that, and that's just bad process. Yeah. That's just terrible process. Like, come on. Um, and then, like, in the third round, they took Broderick Martin, a defensive tackle from Western Kentucky, who was, like, a consensus seventh-round guy, so a major reach. Then, in the fifth round, they took Colby Sorsdahl from an offensive tackle from William Mar- William and Mary. And then, in the seventh round, they took Antoine Green, wide receiver from North Carolina. Um, I like some of the top players they took. It's just positional value is an issue. Yeah. And then with the Houston Texans, like, obviously they got C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. And so people, I think people are going to see that and be like, oh, my gosh, they absolutely killed the draft. And they got a lot of talent. The issue is they traded a first rounder next year to move up to three. And And like like we said, it's probably a top five pick. Yeah, and they're then, like, not good. You're looking like looking and considering the value of everything they gave up in that trade for it to be worth it. Will Anderson might have to become an all, like a well, perennial all pro the, yeah, to make it worth here's it. Here's what I'm saying too: is that it would be different if you're trading up for like a Miles Garrett, a Nick Bosa, one of those kind of guys. Will Anderson is a great player, yeah. but he is not the same caliber of like a Bosa a Miles Garrett, Von Miller when they were coming out of college. So I think Will Anderson's a great player, but I don't like trading, you know, your entire draft next year basically to go up and get him. Yeah, catastrophic pick. Like yeah. catastrophically bad trade, not pick. Especially like, I like when the pick. Like, the player's great. At, you could have potentially stayed at 12 and gotten like a Nolan Smith. You could have gotten Nolan Smith at 12 and paid him half as much money as you're paying Will Anderson. Yeah, exactly. It's just a terrible process. Yeah. And they gave up a second rounder. It's just all around bad. It's Love rough. Will Anderson, but like it's just a really bad trade. And I think it has the potential to be like 
a franchise-altering trade, and yeah. not in a good way. Yeah, in, in a I, I bad way. Agree. And then also massive reach in the second round, taking Juice, Str- yeah. Juice Scruggs, one of the most unathletic football players I've ever seen in my life. Major reach. Then in the third round, got to take Bell. Which I is actually don't hate that. Solid pick. I, the, my only thing is that like every single receiver on their team right now is like super small. Yeah. And I don't really know where he fits in. Yeah. It's it's it'll be interesting to see like how they use him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They got Dylan Horton in the fourth round edge from TCU. Henry Toto, I don't hate in the in fifth, the fifth round. round. In the fifth round, that's like a solid pick. Linebacker from Alabama. And then they got Jared Patter Jared Patterson, center from Notre Dame in the sixth round. And they did get a bigger body right receiver in Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State in the yeah, sixth round. In, in the sixth round, that's great. It's value. very good value. Yeah, exactly. But just the trade up to get Will Anderson Jr. is so bad that I think it, it like, almost ruins the draft for me. Yeah, it's Like, it's so bad. Because, like, what if C.J. Stroud doesn't work out? Like, what if he's catastrophically bad year one and you want to move off from him? Yeah, literally next year, Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer in the draft and you likely would have had a top five pick. And I'm not even saying like, oh, you shouldn't have taken C.J. Stroud. You have because you're never guaranteed to have a top five pick. Yeah, it yeah. is likely next year, but you at least put yourself in a situation next year where if you like hate C.J. Stroud, you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah, we he's need bad. to move on. Like we him. need to move on. Like a like a Josh Rosen yeah. situation with the Cardinals. You know, I think you've kind of taken yourself out of that situation where you kind of have to be all in on C.J. now. Just, Which, whatever, that's fine if you want to be all in on C.J. Stroud, no matter what. But at least it would have been nice to have another top five pick next year to give him some help. Yeah, you could have gotten him Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. So, like, if he does hit, he's probably going to be incredible playing next to Marvin Harrison Jr. Exactly. It's just bad. And, like, Stroud is not is not quite good enough to, 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 like, bet everything on him. Yeah. Like, he's great. I love him. But he is not. I don't think he's like an elite, elite quarterback prospect. Um, and now, like, he has to work out. Yeah. Well, like, it's just weird. Like, I, I really don't like the direction their franchise went. Like, their front office made a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they could have had a great draft if they just stuck at twelve, mm-hmm. kept their second, second round pick. Nolan Smith, even and, and, like, and they have okay, so many needs. Here's my thing too. Even if they had stuck at 12 and like maybe reached a little bit for like a Will McDonald or something like that, I still would have been way cooler with that than trading your entire draft next year for Will, Will Anderson. Because what, what did they give up? They gave up a first, second, and a third next so year? So they, they gave up a second rounder this year. This year, And okay. then a first rounder next year and a third rounder next year. Okay, I understand. I thought it was so they, I thought it was a one, two, and three next year. No. Okay. No. Still though. But yeah, it's still bad. Like, it's just terrible. All right, now we can get into players we're higher on. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Post-draft, or like player team pairings. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. we should probably like kind of get through this a little quickly. Um, but um, you can go ahead and start with your guys. For sure. Okay, so I have, I think we both have three guys that we kind of have come together. We're higher on them than necessarily we yeah. were going into the draft process, or we just love the fit. So one of my guys is Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Shocker. I cannot I feel like, believe that you put him on your I list. I feel like I've I been driving the Will Levis hate train. <laughs> but I do think that kind of helps here in this situation. I am higher on him now <laughs> than I was, even though I was so low on him. Because with the Titans, he can sit behind Ryan Tannehill on an expiring deal. There's no pressure to like be that dude year one. You were a second-round pick. It's not like they spent... <laughs> 
you know, a top 15 pick on you like they would have if they had taken you at 11. So there's not that pressure. I think he can sit behind Tannehill for a year. I like the fit. I don't hate it, especially if they are able to find a way to keep Derrick Henry. I don't, I don't really know what his contract looks like, but it's a, it's a place where Levis is not going to have to rely on just like, you know, having to be that dude, like Derrick Henry would be there. I kind of like the fit. I kind of like it. I mean, he, he really should start year one. Like, Oh yeah, he he, should play the whole year. He should, but I don't think he will. That would be just dumb. Like why take him in the second round then? Because like in a year, like if if you are like you're, they're likely going to really struggle this year because their team isn't that good. Yeah. So likely next year you're going to be in a position to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, sure. or you're going to trade everything you can to get one of those. Well, guys. and here's the thing, I do agree with you. I think he should start this year. Yeah. Because they need to see what they have. Yeah. Like it's not, and I think that with a lot of rookie quarterbacks, like you need to see what you have because. Oh, yeah. When next year comes knocking, if there's like generational talent like Caleb Williams coming up and you are probably a bad team, let's see. Yeah. Let's see you might as well play him and see. Like, Because if yeah. he does hit, then you can spend your top pick on a quarterback that, or on a position that isn't quarterback. Exactly. And you can get him help or you can take a tackle, an edge rusher, a corner. Yeah. Like, You can just uh, target other positions. Okay, so my second player, um, this may be a little bit of a surprise because I did think this was a reach. Oh, yeah. But my second player is Will McDonald, the edge rusher uh, from Iowa State who was drafted by the New York Jets at number 15. I think he's going to eat in Robert, Robert Sala's defense. Like, I think they're moving him to, like, wide nine. And yeah. he's just – he's so, like, athletic and bendy that I think he's really going to eat. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited to see that pairing. Uh, how did you feel about it? I know, like, it was a reach, definitely. Yeah. But I like the fit. I least. was so conflicted when they announced his name because I was like, dang it, I freaking love Will McDonald the fourth, but oh my gosh, this is a reach. Especially when you had yeah. like another undersized edge rusher who's probably better than Will McDonald yeah, and Nolan Smith. Uh but yeah, I mean I like his fit in New York. Like if they're gonna play him as like the wide nine edge. Yeah, well that's bro. what Robert Sala said to him on the phone. I don't know if you've seen the clip. I haven't. He, he was like he was like we're going to get you in that wide nine, man. You're going to eat. Like, he literally said that on the phone. Well, McDonald was probably like, thank God, because he's been playing in a 3 3 5. Yeah. Where he's like a 5 tech, where it's like he hadn't been able to like play as like exactly. a legitimate edge rush on the outside. So, if they use him that way, he could eat. Like, he can be good. For sure. It's not like they overdrafted a bad player. It's just like. And he would be ooh. like my sleeper for like defensive rookie of the year. I think he can have a really good year with the Jazz. Yeah. There's a potential. Like, he has the potential to rack up a lot of sacks. Yeah. Which exactly. is going to like put him in. Exactly. Conversation. All right. So my third player on the list, and, and not not necessarily like in a ranking order, just my third player on the list is Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC who was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Dude, I love the pairing of him and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I think it's gonna be nasty, and I think it's gonna benefit Jordan Addison a lot as mm-hmm. a rookie. Because he's not gonna be the primary guy. He's not going to somewhere where he needs to try to be the number one receiver. Like He's clearly the number two receiver. Everybody knows it. There's no question. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson is arguably the best wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, And so I just really love the fit where he doesn't have as much pressure on him to just be that number one guy. He can just kind of go eat the, you know, there's not going to be as much double coverage on him because the double coverage is going to be Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I really like the Jordan Addison fit with the Vikings. 
I agree. Like I, he he is like a wide receiver too, in my opinion. Yeah. And he went to a spot where he can be a wide receiver two to probably the best receiver in the game. Exactly. Which is awesome. I love that fit. And I think the Vikings are going to use him and Jefferson in smart ways. Like I think they can both play in the slot. They can both play outside. And I think the they Vikings coaching staff are going to use them in I that think way. They can, yeah. They have similar skill sets, and I think that they can really you know, use them interchangeably in some situations, yeah. and that will honestly could be good for both of them. Yeah, I love that pick here. I thought it was an, an awesome selection, and I like the team fit. All right, let's hear your team fits, man. I'm um, excited. So, number one, I had Anthony Richardson, quarterback from, from the Indianapolis Colts. Nice. Um, just, I was already high on him po- before the draft, and he, he went to a perfect spot. And I've said that I think he has the potential to be, to become an elite quarterback. And I think the, the likelihood, like, I think, I don't think it's like a like a unlikely situation. Like, oh, I yeah. think that he could, that is like attainable for him to become an elite quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think the Colts are one of the perfect spots where he can reach his upside. Oh, dude. I'm, I mean, I'm super excited to see what Steichen can do with him because like what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts <clears throat> last year, I think he can do like a very similar thing with Richardson who, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a great player, but the upside on Richardson is 10 times that of Jalen Hurts. Like, it's crazy. Like, he's super good. And, and the Colts have come out and said that they're probably going to play him day one. Oh, yeah, um, they I don't, I don't think they said it, like, like that bluntly, but they, they were like, well, like with Anthony Richardson, we want him to get as many reps as he, as he can. And they should because there's no there is no reason in the world why you should – run out Sam Ellinger week one. Like what I think their backup now was uh actually Gardner Minshew. Oh I forgot. Because they, they signed him in the offseason. They did sign Minshew. That's right. Still no reason Still, to, there's no reason. Yeah, like play Anthony Richardson. Play Anthony Richardson because here's the thing with Richardson. Yes, he's quote unquote raw, but it's not even like, oh, I need to sit and learn. It's hey, I need more experience. Yeah. Like he only started 13 games in college. Mm-hmm. And so, if he can just get out there and get some experience in the in, yeah, in the NFL, mm-hmm. excuse my stutter, <laughs> if he can get some experience in the NFL, I think it's going to help him tremendously. Yeah, and like if their offensive line can bounce back after having a down year last year, and if Jonathan Taylor can stay healthy, oh yeah, their run game is going to be awesome. Like they they're probably the going to have a top five attack, run yeah, game in the NFL. Like it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And he, like, doesn't take sacks. Like, he may have some bad decisions every now and For then. Sure. The accuracy is probably going to be spotty. Yes. But, like, he's not going to take sacks. The rushing's going to be incredible. I hope they just let him Let do, him cook. I, that's let what I'm him saying. cook. <laughs> I hope they just, like, run him out there and just run him wide open. Like, oh, yeah. I do not want some – I don't want them to just be like, oh, we don't – we don't trust you. Like, give him the reins and let him go. Yeah, like just I, let him I go. want a thirty touchdown, thirty pick season. Like, I, give me it, bro. <laughs> let him do it his rookie year. Yeah, like you got to see what he's made of. I like the pairing, um, and I'll pair my second and third guy together because they both got drafted by the same team. Okay, which ironically is a team that I thought had an underwhelming draft. <laughs> and Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa, and Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa, who both got drafted by the Lions. Um, Laporta, I think he's going to eat with the Lions. Yeah, great receiver for sure, and he's immediately their tight end one. Yeah, their immediately their tight end one. Um, and I think he fits really well in their offense. Yeah. And, like, now that Jameson Williams is suspended, I think they're going to, like, they're going to, like, a, a heavy uh, um, 
like a high volume of their of their passing attempts are going to come in like the short and intermediate yeah. parts of the field, well, which is where Sam Laporta eats. Absolutely. And like Hawkinson was able to have like a lot of production there for for many years before he was traded to the Vikings. Um and so I can see uh, Laporta's going to you know have production year 1. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he breaks tackles. I like him. I think he's an awesome uh pass catching tight end. And I think this is a spot where we're going to see his um, receiving upside shine. Exactly. And then with Jack Jack Campbell, um, he's like one of the only linebackers in this year's class that I thought was like a Mike linebacker because he's got great size. He's a freak athlete, can cover and can tackle. Um, and I think he's going to be great in Detroit. Like they needed a linebacker. I mean, I think he's going to start day one and be pretty good. And I think mm-hmm. he can be a pretty good rookie and a yeah. pretty productive one at that. Um, I didn't love the value of where he was picked. For sure. Um, but still, I think he's going to be awesome in that defense. And, and he is like a Dan Campbell type oh, of player. Oh, for sure. So I love that. And I had some honorable mentions that I wanted to throw out there, like Jalen Carter to the Eagles. I thought that was a great pairing. Yeah. He has major off-the-field concerns. And so he needs to go to a team um, with veterans around him who can kind of keep him from being an yeah. idiot off the field. And the Eagles have that. They exactly. have, like, Brandon Graham. Brandon He's there. Graham, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, Fletcher Cox. Like, those guys can keep, can keep him in check. And if there's one spot, like one team, where he works out and is not going to have all the field issues, I think Philly is that team. Yep. And then I had Roshan Johnson running back from the Chicago Bears. Um, he was from Texas. He was actually Bijan's backup in college. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of production behind Bijan. But his efficiency was great. Um, he broke a ton of tackles. Like his uh, missed tackle, uh, missed tackles force per rush attempt was always incredible. Uh, so was his yards after contact per rush attempt. Um, he always ranked really high in those metrics, and those metrics matter a lot. He's also a big back, really athletic, had good uh, uh, testing numbers at the combine, and he had solid uh, um, receiving efficiency his final season at Texas. Um, So we're looking at a guy who just is inexperienced but has all the makings of like a three down back, a bell cow. Um, And I think he went to a spot where he could potentially start. Now, he may not start over Khalil Herbert, but it's better than going to a place where there is like a bona fide starter in front of him. So I think he's going to play a decent amount year one and has the potential to become the starter early in his career. I'm Yeah, I am curious about that because like they do sort of have a, a crowded running back room, but there's no like clear number one guy. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a nice competition because they do have Khalil Herbert and they also sign... Um. Ooh, what is his name? From oh, the Panthers. Um, Deontay, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, who also a Texas running back. Um, yeah. But I think it'll be very interesting to see like where Roshan Johnson comes out, like how they're going to use all three of those guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think I think he could be really productive with the Bears year one. Yeah. Now we can talk about players that were lower on post draft and player team pairings that we didn't love. And you can go ahead and get started. Awesome. All right. To start out. I have a <laughs> this guy. This is funny because we, we've been talking about yeah, how much we love him this podcast. Exactly. Like, this is a guy who is literally, I, I just said a few moments ago that I think he could be the steal of the draft. Uh, and that's Darnell Washington, the tight end uh, from Georgia who was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I think he can be productive year one. My only concern is that Pat Fryermuth has, you know, is pretty much solidified as the tight end one in Pittsburgh. He's been productive. He's, he's been a very good tight end for the Steelers. He already has, you know, a rapport with Kenny Pickett. 
I'm just curious to see how Darnell Washington kind of fits in. I think he's going to be a phenomenal blocking tight end. I'm just curious to see like the production as a receiver with Pat Fryermuth already there. Yeah, and it sucks with his injury. Like the injury concerns are worrisome. Like if that's the reason he fell, that sucks. Um, and, but like, God, he has a chance to be good. Like ta- just based yeah. off pure talent, it's great. And it does stink that he. It does stink that he went to a team who already had like a pretty good starter in Pat Fryermuth. Now I think Darnell Washington is more talented more physically gifted than Fryermuth, but, like, if he has injury concerns, it's going to be hard for him to ever beat out Fryermuth. So, yeah, this is a, a player-team pairing that I'm not that excited about. Yeah. Uh, my second guy on the list is a running back that I was really high on pre-draft. He's probably my third running back, and that's Zach Charbonnet, the running back from UCLA. He was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, um, and honestly, there's not many other places that were worse for him to Bro, go. Bro, for real, I hate this. I love Zach Charbonnet, and he went to, like, the worst team possible for him. Charbonnet is, like, he's just an old-school bell cow running back, and, you know, they already have Kenneth Walker, so I just don't really understand the pick very much because it's, you know, and one of the things that I love for teams to do whether it's with the receivers or with running backs, is try to get a variety of flavors. Mm-hmm. And I they just didn't do that here. Yeah. Now, I think Kenneth Walker is like a much more athletic running back, and Charbonnet is probably a little more of a bruiser. Yeah. But I, I just don't love the fit. I don't know how he's going to fit in with Walker because I feel like they're both more early down backs. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know who's going to turn into their third down back or if... <sighs> I honestly also hate this for Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Because I think this is going to, especially like fantasy value, I think this is going to take a lot of production away from him potentially. Yeah, I, I think, like, and this is a bad, like, a bad landing spot for Charbonnet because you have Kenneth Walker, who mm-hmm. the Seahawks took in the second round last year. Um, so they're they're using pretty high draft capital on running backs in back-to-back years, which yeah. is obviously, like, we don't like that process. Right. Um, now, Zach Charbonnet is a more well-rounded back than sure. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is more of a home run hitter, doesn't provide much as a pass catcher. So I think Zach Charbonnet could become the RB1 in that offense, Maybe. potentially, because he he is like a bigger back, um, good runner, but also like a nice, like a solid pass catcher. Like he provides yeah. versatility in that way. He's more of a three-down back than Kenneth Walker sure. is. Um, but still, like having the fight... Uh, for carries with someone the team just drafted in the second round a year ago. It's kind of tough. But I do think that Zach Charbonnet could find himself as the RB1 there. Um, but no matter what, I think he's going to be splitting carries, and it's going to be part of a committee there, which yeah. obviously like sucks for him in terms of like his fantasy value. All righty. And my third and final player on my list um, is Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU, who was drafted by the Chargers. <sighs> Here's the thing with Johnston. I think that he can be productive as a rookie. Yeah. I just don't necessarily love the fit because as I said, I really love to see like a variety of flavors at the wide receiver position. And I feel like having Johnston, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I just don't really see a, a lot of variety there. It's just like a bunch of really big bodied wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have, been interested to see them go a different direction. I just, I just overall don't love the fit there. 
I think I like the fit more than you do, but it is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, like I think he's different than like uh, Keenan Allen. Sure. So maybe like Keenan Allen. Well, I think him and Mike guy. Williams are similar. Yeah, he's probably more of a like a better deep threat than Mike. Like sure. in terms of his ability to like create create separation down the field. Exactly. Williams is a solid deep threat, but more of like a contested catch. Yeah, he's more of a physical like I'm gonna jump over you and dunk yes. on you kind of receiver. And Quentin Johnson is not that. Like he is like the big knock on him is that he can't catch and that he has terrible hands. Um, but I do like the fit with him and Justin Herbert. And I think sure. I think we're gonna see the Chargers throw the ball down the field a lot more this year. And I think he's a nice fit in that kind of offense. But it is kind of weird. Like It's just an odd fit to me. Yeah, I, a lot of similar body I types. I might have preferred, like, another receiver. Like Zay him. Flowers. Maybe, like, a Zay Flowers. Because Zay Flowers went right after that, right? Yeah, he can play in the slot. Yeah. Um, Quentin, I just don't think he's made for the slot, no. really. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, a, a weird collection of, like, body types. Yeah. I think that the three receivers do have somewhat different play styles. Um, but I don't think it's as seamless of a fit as you would want it to be. Sure. Uh, but I still think that he will work out potentially yeah. playing with Justin Herbert in a different offense. I hope so. Yeah. Um, the first guy that I had listed was Jalen Hyatt receiver from the giants. Yeah. And I love the value here. Like pick like him going in the third round is in my opinion is where he should have went. Oh, it's great value. Cause he's like a deep threat from the slot. But in my opinion, that's really all he is, is a vertical threat from the slot because he's a smaller receiver who didn't really run routes at Tennessee. Um, but he just didn't go to the right offense for him. Exactly. Cause the giants don't really throw the ball down the field. And I part of that may be because they didn't have anybody who could do that. But Daniel Jones isn't really the kind of guy that's going to, you know, throw the ball down the field a whole lot. Maybe that changes this year. Uh, but for now, like with the information we have now, like I just don't think it's a great fit. Um, and I think there were better fits. Like if Jalen if Hyatt landed in like Kansas City, that would be an insane fit. But he landed in, like, with New York, a team who ran the ball a ton this year, uh, had a, a pretty low ADOT um, or an average depth of target on their pass attempts. And it's just a weird fit for me. I like the player, and I think this is, like, the perfect round, like, in terms of value, just not the best team fit. Also, they have, like, I feel like they legitimately have about eight slot receivers right now battling for that oh, yeah. actual slot. It's job. wild. Because it's like they have Sterling Shepard, now they have. Jalen Hyatt, Jamison Crowder, um, what's his name from Kentucky? Wondell Robinson. Yeah. It's just like a whole bunch of guys trying to go for that slot job. Paris Campbell. Well, Paris Campbell will actually probably play on the outside. But like Paris Campbell and Slayton are really the only outside guys that they have. Yeah. And so I, I just don't really understand the fit there either with taking a smaller slot guy mm-hmm. when that's really their entire receiver room. Yeah, it's 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 rough. And then at number at, no, at number two and three, I have uh, two running backs. At number two, I have Ty J Spears, running back from Tulane, who was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Um, now I loved Ty J Spears heading into the draft, but there have been reports after the draft that he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. Yes, I did see that. He's completely is, missing an ACL, and I I saw that like the Titans don't know if he'll play after his first contract. Which is rough. That stinks. And he's also playing behind Derrick Henry. Now, we don't know how long Derrick Henry is going to be with the Titans. Um, but it's unlikely that he plays much early. He also has the major knee issues. 
Like, that's just a, a big concern there. Not a great landing spot and injury concerns. Like, that that has me really concerned about Ty J. Spears. And then at number three, we have Israel Abanacanda running back from Pittsburgh. Went to the Jets, and I love Israel Abanacanda, and I think he can be the RB2 there. He just went to a team that had Brees Hall. Yeah. Who was a stud. And I really wanted him to go to a team where he could potentially become the RB one one day, and that yeah. was probably never likely. Um, but as a, as an Israel Abanacanda stand, I really wanted that for him. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, he's gonna have to like fight for the RB two spot because they do have Michael Carter the second as well, yeah. or just Michael Carter. Michael yeah, Carter the second's the DB. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah, just Michael Carter at running back. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see if he can even. Grab the RB two spot. Yeah, so it's just a, a bit of a rough landing spot for him. And then I had two honorable men, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I had Antonio Johnson, the safety from Texas A and M, who was drafted by the Jaguars. He was projected to go in the second round, I believe, maybe the third round, and he went in the fifth. And apparently, teams were a lot lo- a lot lower on him. And then we have Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker from Cincinnati. A lot of people loved him going into the draft. Has he gotten picked up? Nah, I don't know. He was a UDFA. He went uh, he went undrafted, and I think a big reason why is because he was undersized. He was only five ten and not super and, athletic. And he had like average combine testing, like legitimately average. Like his RAS score was in the fives. Um, so he went undrafted. He I was, was already picked up. He, he was, was picked up by the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, today actually. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Nice Good for him. The issue is just like. I was a bit lower on him going into the draft than everyone else. I thought he was a great player in college. I just didn't know how his skill set was going to translate to the NFL. Um, And then he went undrafted. So now it's like, okay, he likely doesn't ever have that much of an impact in the NFL. But yeah. So that's pretty much all we have for today. Did you want to add anything? Nah, man. That was a solid episode. Very sad to see the draft over, but let's, uh, I guess, move into the NFL season now. Hopefully... You know, it's coming up faster than I guess we realize. I feel like the year has kind of flown already. We're already in May. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, the draft this year was a lot of fun. Uh, next year's draft gonna be even crazier. There. Oh yeah. It's it's a better class than this year's draft. I know we say that like every year. Yeah, but this um, year's true. <laughs> this year's true. I promise. But yeah, uh, I had a lot of fun this episode. Thanks for joining me. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for today's episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it, and we will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>